WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. On tomorrow's show, Horrors Real and Imagined, the latest installment of the slasher film franchise Scream is set right here in New York City. We'll speak with the creative team behind that movie. Plus, historian Dan Jones has written extensively about British history. His debut novel, Essex Dogs, follows a group of soldiers fighting in the Hundred Years' War. He will be with us to discuss it. That is in our future, but right now let's get this hour started with costume designer Shirley Carada nominated for an Oscar for her work on Everything Everywhere All at Once. For our final installment of our series, The Big Picture, featuring the Oscar-nominated work of people behind the camera, let's talk about the wild costumes for Everything Everywhere All at Once with nominee Shirley Carada. If you've seen everything everywhere all at once, you know that the looks and style of the clothing are pivotal, from fanny packs to sweater vests. The clothes help tell the story of a worn-down woman who may be the only person to save humanity across the multiverse. So that means dressing Michelle Yeoh as that laundromat mom, but also in a stunning champagne-colored tulle gown. And of course, who can forget Stephanie Hsu's Elvis jumpsuit? It's all the work of Shirley Carada, our guest today. Hi, Shirley. Hi. So you've said in interviews that this movie was, quote, you're kind of crazy. And that's the reason you signed on to the film. So how does everything everywhere all at once align with you're kind of crazy? Well, I just love any project that, you know, where I could really flex my creative muscles. And um, I mean, this movie definitely did that. Um, I was allowed to explore and create costumes in a world that didn't really exist, you know, like the hot dog hands universe. Um, But then I could also, you know, there were also some like uh, flashback references that I could um, do costumes for. It was like there were so many different elements um, that I could, you know, play in, I guess, different worlds I could play in that I felt like would be so much fun to do. So uh, it was kind of a match made in heaven. When you spoke to the Daniels, the directors of the movie, about costuming and character arcs, what did they tell you that really was a touchstone for you, that you came back to again and again? Uh, Well, they told me to, um, you know, create costumes that um, people would want to dress up for Halloween as. Like, you know, they're like, you know you made it if, if... if they're dressing up as the characters for Halloween and, um, 
you know, when they told me that, I was like, okay, I'll do my best, but I don't know. I can't guarantee anything. And um, so when Halloween came after the movie was released and so many people, uh, you know, dressed up in, in the different costumes, I was so happy and so relieved at the same time. <laughs> um, what's a time when a costume really helped us, the viewer, really understand a given scene or a given theme in a moment? So I think for me, um, you know, there was um, the scene in the laundromat when they're celebrating Chinese New Year. And I knew that, like, um, and I had to have, like, Evelyn um, and Waymond um, be in red, because that's a typical color that you wear, you know, celebrating um, Chinese New Year. And so I uh, found this sweater um for michelle um that said punk on it it was like a red sweater and the back of it it said punk and i thought that was just like so perfect i found it in chinatown you know probably cost like you know thirty dollars or something and um i just felt like it was like so fitting because this is at the moment where you know she breaks um down the window of the laundromat mm -hmm. you know there's there's a there's a sense of rebellion happening in the scene, um, but it also ties into her character being kind of, you know, at first seen as this sort of um, non-action hero, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as the movie progresses, you start to realize, no, she is, you know, she is um, powerful, she's an action hero, and, so there is something uh, kind of punk rock about her, right? And I also think as as like an immigrant parent, there's something very punk rock about their experience because they're leaving their home country in, in oftentimes in, in a, another country where they don't even speak the language fluently, right? And they're, in, and they're building a new life. And that, that move is like so uh, difficult at times, right? And to do that, and so many parents, like my parents and so many parents have done that. And, and there is an element of punk rock about that. You know, there's, it's, 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 it takes a lot of guts to do that. So I kind of felt like that whole message of punk was kind of very fitting mm -hmm. uh, for the character of Evelyn. My guest is Shirley Carada. She's the Oscar-nominated costume designer for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So this takes place across the multiverse. There's so many different places that we go and we go very quickly and it, the way that it is edited. How are you thinking about the relationship between the physical looks of the costume and then how you knew they would look during these sequences? Yeah, it was very tricky because there were so many quick cuts and quick flashes. So I had to make sure that we knew which world we were in. Um, right away. So for me, it was either through um, color, the use of color, or um, just making sure that it was like, just read quickly. Um, so it was definitely a challenge. But um, I think that, um, you know, making sure that there were elements that that that, um, you know, made it pretty evident the minute you saw it uh, was, that was really important for me. Dressing Michelle Yeoh must be a treat. She looks amazing in everything, um, as yes. Evelyn in the film, which actually might have been like a little bit of a challenge, I imagine, yes. at first trying to get Michelle Yeoh to not look so, you know, she's just so charismatic and so stunning. 
Yeah, it's true. I think maybe the hardest look was the sort of her taxes universe look because, um, you know, she looks so amazing in, in everything. So to make her not look so stunning <laughs> um, was actually more of a challenge that, um, than, you know, creating like her movie star look because that's uh, it's sort of natural for her. Right. So um, it definitely was a challenge, but I was also really grateful that she understood the character. And so when I put her in these clothes that were, you know, very inexpensive and um, were shopped in Chinatown, she, you know, instantly knew like, no, this is Evelyn. This mm -hmm. is her. I, I see her walking the street, you know, and and um, she definitely understood who this person was. And we also get to see her in just a, a glittering gown, the, a yes. beautiful champagne colored, and it's got tulle, and it's sort of encrusted at the top. Could you tell us a little bit about that gown, where it's from, what you, the conversation was about, what it was supposed to evoke for us? Yeah, um, I uh, felt like for this universe, it was going to be less about Evelyn and a little bit more about Michelle Yeoh, mm -hmm. like paralleling her her real life and so I ha had asked Michelle you know who do you like to wear on the red carpet because you know I would lo love to reach out to those designers to see if they could loan a dress we're also you know very limited on budget so I was really hoping that you know I could borrow a dress and um, so she gave me you know some a list of some of the designers that she liked to wear and one of them was Ellie Saab mm. and um and so I reached out to them and they sent some dresses and um, the one she ended up wearing was was the winning look. And I think it felt uh, so right for the scene. So this wasn't a huge budget movie. I just heard you mention budget. Yeah, it, it was not. Um, I, you know, sometimes like to tell people like maybe the entire my entire wardrobe budget is probably equal to maybe one like marvel superhero costume <laughs> so it was definitely really challenging and also i only had six weeks to prep this movie too so we are we we're also limited by you know prep time as well wow wow my guess is shirley karata she is nominated for Best Costume Designing for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So there are some of the costumes in the, which are have nothing to do with reality. <laughs> we talked about yes, the, yes. the hot dog fingers universe. Um, and it's very interesting because the two characters are sort of in the same matching beige, uh, which helps us concentrate on the fingers, I think. Yes, yes. And I also kind of thought it would just be fun just to have – that whole world just be in hot dog colors, you know, some beaches, <laughs> like soft pinks. Um, and so it was pretty much that. It was just that color palette throughout, including the, the, the their set was also in that sort of neutral palette. And a couple of different pieces I read on you, you said that your favorite look was what Stephanie Shue wears in the bagel scene. It's the one you, that you're really proud of and that took several fittings, yeah. three, four, five sittings to get it right. So it's all white and, she, and then she has this intricate hairstyle in the shape of a bagel. Could you walk us through that look? Yeah. Um, you know, I think in the script, it, all it said was that she was uh, looked like a celestial empress, right? Hmm. And, and so I had to just sort of like figure out, well, what could that be? I kind of wanted to tie in a little bit of like maybe sort of like cult leader meets like, you know, queen, mm -hmm. space queen, a little bit futuristic, but also maybe a little bit um, 
tying uh, historical references. So I thought um, a ruff, you know, the white ruff that she's wearing um, would be a cool sort of like historical tie-in. Um, but then using fabrics that were a little bit more futuristic, like vinyls, um, and then, you know, having a pearl um, detailing, uh, a pearl and crystal detailing would sort of like um, add to the sort of queen like like futuristic mm -hmm. queen um vibe to her so um it, it involved a lot of sort of uh playing with proportions too i just wanted to make sure that she looked very regal and so i you know i played with different capes um different uh fabrics to see what would work the best and and fortunately because that was shot in the last week of our production I had time while we were shooting like the other scenes to sort of um, experiment a little bit more and try different um, things on her. We've talked about the women in the movie, but we have to talk about Waymond. Very much the dad and the yeah. fanny pack is really significant. It's important to him. It becomes his weapon. Tell me about the search for this particular fanny pack. Um. Well, I think we just, you know, fanny packs are pretty easy to come by. You know, they're still loved and worn by many people. So um, I think we just sort of experimented with different colors. We're like, well, should it be red? Should it be, you know, and I think we, we thought this sort of like leather, brown leather fanny pack just felt right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it was, I think that was one of the easier things to find, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and it's, it's also such an important plot point, too. Which, that's sort of interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, it was funny because when, when I first did the fitting with Key, you know, he's much more stylish in person, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was the first time he had to try on something that was so dad-like. <laughs> and um, he was like, oh, my God, I look like such a dad. But he's like, no, but this is this is Wayman. This is mm -hmm. right. But he was laughing at first when he first when we had our first fitting with him. That brings me to an interesting point. You know, some of the things in, in the film, you know, there's certain sort of looks that acknowledge our universal experience, right? But then mm -hmm. you also want to think about busting stereotypes as well. So yeah. I, how do you think about the role of costumes in terms of like there are some things that are universal, but then there are also stereotypes you you want to defy. How did you think about that yin and yang? Yeah, I, I think it was important to sort of uh, play off of both of those. You know, there were, you know, like some outfits where um, to me it, it felt very Asian, like like um, in the use of masks. And we shot this prior to everyone wearing masks for COVID, mm. you know, um, for me, it was like more of an Asian thing. Um, cause, cause usually those were the people that I saw wearing masks, you know, actively. And, um, so when we first saw Jobu, it was like, I want her wearing a, a mask with the visor, um, when she entered and it's kind of a play off of that. Little did I know that, you know, COVID mm. would <laughs> take over and we would all be wearing masks. But, um, you know, that and sort of like her being dressed like, you know, uh, the perfect golfer, um, which to me, like, was a play on sort of this, like, stereotype of, mm. you know, the, the perfect Asian who's good at sports, you know. Um, I I think there's a, there's a way of balancing where it's like um, sort of playing on it, but not uh, making it um, 
I guess, uh, too much of a stereotype. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, I love the sort of like balancing of that. You know, if you look on YouTube, you'll find all these videos of people analyzing the looks in the movie, the ideas behind them. They're really into the craftsmanship and the work. Have you heard any theory about any costume that sort of made you laugh or you thought, oh, yeah, that person really got it? Um, I mean, there was so many yeah, great videos and breakdowns. I think um, there was um, one person that did a whole color analysis, which I thought was amazingly um, like in-depth and almost like more... Uh, I don't read into it more than I thought. Some of some of them were like, "Oh yeah, that 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 sounds right." Okay, <laughs> you know, where I didn't actively think about that. Um, but for the most part, I think um, you know, so many people really sort of understood um, and anal- analyzed the costumes um, really thoughtfully, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that. Shirley, how did you get your start? Um, well, I studied fashion design, um, you know, in college and I went to fashion school in Paris and I wanted to be a fashion designer, but then realized um, I also wanted to live in L.A. And it wasn't really the biggest fashion scene at that time. But I was like, well, we have Hollywood. Why not to why not get involved in, <laughs> you know, TV and film? And so I just um, just started interning, just taking like low budget jobs, you know, and just uh, assisted for many, many years and learned the trade that way. Um, you know, I learned how to, um, be on set and work with stuntmen or like, uh, just you name it, just the, some of the, the craziest, uh, low budget <laughs> jobs I could get. And, you know, I think eventually, um, you know, I was able to sort of work my way up, but it, you know, it was a, you know, a pretty long journey, but I think that in that time, you know, I was able to um, learn a lot about just costuming and styling. And um, I think it uh, really benefited me when I took on this movie. Where were you when you heard you were nominated for an Oscar? I was in bed because they announced it like at <laughs> what, 5.30 in the morning. And um, it was funny because the night before we were celebrating the, the Lunar New Year with um, some of the the cast and crew um, in Monterey Park the night before, so um, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna wake up early. I I'll just like sleep in because I feel like, um, you know, I, I did, really didn't expect to be nominated. Um, but then, you know, I guess like come like sometime around like five fifteen or whatever, whenever they announced, I started getting all these texts and I was like, wait, what, what? And then I looked at my phone. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Such, such a huge honor. And, you know, just to be in the category with, you know, I think everyone in my category, they're all Oscar winners, you know, been nominated multiple times and they're just like people I've looked up to for so many years. So it's a, such a huge, huge honor for me to be, even be in the same category as them. Shirley Karata is nominated for Best Costume Design for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Shirley, congratulations on your success. Thank you so much. Thank you. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. 
Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off.